News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, we are joined uh, by the Green Party leader and the Environment Minister, uh, Eamon Ryan. Uh, Minister, loads to talk about. Actually, just before we do move on, do you have a take on like €999 Euros for for um, uh, hotel prices during the Taylor Swift uh, concert? That's price gouging by any other name, isn't it? It's shocking. It's it's not worth it. It's not right. No, we've 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 a real problem, a real issue when you get that sort of pricing. I think that does a lot of reputation damage to the city and the country. Does it make you wonder about the 9% VAT rate? No, that's not the reason the prices are high, uh, um, and uh, it's it's uh, that's not going to change change that price level. It's a very hard thing to regulate. It's very hard. You can't restrict something. You know, if someone wants no. to sell something at that price, it's not an easy way you can come in and say no, you can't. But I think for the industry, it's a real problem because very quickly then you get the reputation of being extortionate, and and then you lose your business. So I think actually for the tourism industry itself, I think we have to think about. Uh, how we how we try and avoid that. Okay, uh, loads to talk about, Minister. Let's start with the uh, facial recognition. Uh, the government approving the acquisition of body-worn cameras for Gardaí. No facial recognition technology, although the vest will have facial recognition software. There's going to be a standalone bill for facial recognition. Um, you've won this battle, haven't you, with well, Finnegale? We wanted that standalone bill. And it wasn't a win one party versus the other. But I'm a communications minister and I've been involved in digital policy for, God, 20 years now. And it's actually critically important that we retain the public trust in what we're doing and how we share data, how we use data, how we use cameras. And I believe that's much better served rather than a committee stage amendment in a Garda Shikana bill to do it as a standalone piece of legislation. And the benefit from that is that the Joint Directors Committee, and this system is starting to work quite well, can bring in all the relevant stakeholders, can listen to all the evidence, can consider all the, what's an incredibly fast-changing area, artificial intelligence and the connection to the use of cameras and the policing of this is hugely uh, uh, sensitive. We need to get it right. We, the founding principle of Garda Shikona, the first Garda Commissioner said, the guards shall uh, hold the peace not by force of arms but through the confidence of the people. That's still the case today. I believe we have that and we don't want to lose it. And I think the quickest and hardest, worst way of losing it is if people had a sense that someone's spying on you, that, you know, in a sense you're being watched. And I think so it's really important that the principles on how we introduce, and we're not saying no, that there'll never be any use of such technology. But I think it's absolutely right to say, well, firstly, consider what the European Union is saying because actually this issue is being considered by the European Parliament and will be considered uh, in legislation before the end of this year. I think it's really important that we do dovetail with what's happening in Europe and follow what's happening there. But Which second, means no mass surveillance, no profiling, only retrospective use is that yeah, as far as you're concerned. I, I do think, I, I think most people including uh, uh, Mr McEntee, Mr Simon Harris before that, I think everyone agrees that, that this is sensitive and we have to get this right and it's not we should learn from the mistakes that some other countries have made where they've introduced it very quickly without uh, 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 really considering all the implications and if you do that the risk you have is that you lose public confidence in the state and in the technology and how it's been used and we need to get this right and I think that's best done in a thoughtful a careful way Okay uh, let's talk about the nature restoration law you were in Luxembourg yesterday there's actually just bring us up to speed on what actually has, has been agreed well, in, in it's Luxembourg It's a complicated process it now is. because remember 
So the European institutions, you have the European Council, which is all the governments, they uh, meeting as ministers, and then you have the Parliament and you have the Commission. The Commission is like the civil service for Europe. So all three, when reforming legislation, uh, um, work together in, in, in a three-way process. So yesterday, the Council, which represents the 27 governments, agreed what's called a common approach. We basically agreed the principles of, of the legislation. We have to now see uh, the Parliament in committee, first of all, on the 27th of June, and then hopefully in the full Parliament, will agree a similar, their general approach. And then we'll come together in the second half of this year and negotiate to to introduce the law. It was uh, significant yesterday because there was fears it wouldn't get through. Their countries have concerns. Um, I must your, say that your cabinet colleagues has concerns. Um, Leo Varadkar says aspects of it are going too far. Fine Gael, um, MEPs walked out of talks on this, I think. You don't they? have, you, you can't restrict someone having a concern. That's absolutely valid and fair enough. That's the job of politics yeah. is to have concerns and raise them and, and share them. But actually within government, myself, Minister McConnell and, and, and Malcolm Noonan is critical uh, role in this area. It's his department uh, that, that has the responsibility of developing, deliver this, the National Parks and Wildlife Service is going to be centre stage. Um, we worked over the last three to four months on our position and that was very useful because we went into it in a kind of yeah okay this is what we the approach we should take we were supportive of the legislation for for Ireland actually well firstly we need to do it like we're losing our natural world 80% of our natural world is in poor condition um, anyone of a certain age, anyone in this country can think back, will remember an Ireland where nature was far richer, where waters were cleaner, where insect life, bird life, uh, fishing uh, um, life. But one of the things I said in the, in the in the contribution I made in the, in the debate yesterday, when I was a young man, I'd go out fishing out of Arklow or Wicklow or Dublin Bay. You catch fish this size. You know. uh, uh, yeah, and yeah, I should you, say the minister you, is talking, he's, has spread his arms about anyway, a metre wide anyone, here. I mean, that's yeah. not a fishing tale, but anyone can remember that. It's within living memory that that, that now, was the experience. But smaller. Now, now, if they're there at all. Yeah. And the same in our rivers, the salmon, the trout, are gone. the same in our, in, in our insect life. And you can't let that continue. This law is about restoring that. And... It will not, there's been a lot of kind of heated debate where it's, oh, it's manufactured f- debate. Well, inaccurate in my mind, in terms of, are you going to flood the entire country? You're going to stop people farming? You're going to, you're, are you going to compulsory purchase people's farms? No. I mean, that's it. I saw, heard the IFA president saying yesterday, your failure to rule that out had confirmed your fears that what you actually want to do is confiscate farmers' land under the cover of this law. Completely wrong. Completely wrong. You haven't this ruled out CPOs, though, have you? I have. Uh, that's not what's been considered here. What we're looking at is paying farmers for delivering the nature-based solutions we will need to restore nature, to provide food, to store carbon. And that's going to be good. That's going to be good for a whole generation of young people. We need to go into forestry and farming and protecting nature. And yes, we will have to pay for that to happen or else it wouldn't happen. It won't be forced. It will be voluntary. And we've everything to gain. We actually, our reputation as a country is on being green. 40 shades of green. This we, we sell all our food on an orange and green brand. Mm. If we're not green in reality, if we're not actually living up to that and stopping the pollution of our waters, again, I give you an example and you know, an, an evidence of it. And I'm going very local here because I'm a Dublin. I don't know if you've been down on the coast recently. The algae bloom, the stink you get in low tide, where our Dublin Bay, and it's the same right across estuaries around the country, has this sludge, this algae sludge. Where is that coming from? 
because we've excess nutrients. We've too much fertilizer, too much nitrogen, too much phosphate, which costs us money, which is a waste of money. So this law would say, okay, let's stop producing that waste. Let's stop produce that pollution at source. And we start restoring our waters so we swim in bathing waters that are clean so that we are our soil and our natural systems have the pollinators and have the insect life, which are part of the farming system. It gives us an, an, an actually more stable, robust, particularly in a world where it's changing, where climate is seeing the natural systems being, being put under huge pressure. That's this is the time we need to help and protect and see nature do some of the work for us by us restoring it. It gives us resilience. It gives a beautiful world, world to live in. And if we let it continue to be destroyed, we in the end are at risk. We're not no, separate to nature. Absolutely fair. To nature. Uh, um, can I just just to clarify, because the IFA president said you had refused to rule out CPOs uh, in this in the compulsory purchase order. You're saying. We're not going to be CPO as part okay, of the All right, no, that's fine. You've clarified that. Uh, can I just ask you about a couple of other issues before we let you go, Minister? Um, the Children's Hospital, um, I, I have to say, I watched uh, Prime Time on it last night. I came away scratching my head. I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't a clue what's going on. Is it going to cost millions more or a tiny bit more? Is it going to delay the project or is it not? Uh, have you asked what, what's happening? Are you comfortable that, that things are still unchanged? I don't think anyone's comfortable that it is. It's taken far longer and it's far more expensive than originally expected. Can I say the main lesson I would draw from it? Because I've involved, God, 20 years ago or so, we were looking at the Prospect of Children's Hospital, the original location in the matter. Uh, was actually where we were due to put the metro through. So there was we 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 actually put aside land and uh, and spent a lot in in terms of getting ready for that. The biggest problem in my mind, why we're seeing cost overruns and such expensive infrastructure, is because of delay. Because it's taking us so long to do things, particularly to get things through our planning system. Mm. Had we built it as was originally planned and put the metro in with it as originally planned 20 years ago, it would be a fraction of the cost and we would have had the benefit over the last 20 years. That, in my mind, is the biggest issue in terms of big projects like the Children's Hospital. It's taking us too long and that's caught why it's costing so much more. Oh, okay, and as regards what's happening now, are you slightly uneasy about the latest reports? I I, I wasn't in, I was in Luxembourg yesterday, I didn't see the programme. In, in fairness, yeah, okay. Uh, in relation to the, the latest reports, and, and in fairness, you won't have been over it given what's happening, you probably won't have been talking to colleagues, but, you know, Sinn Féin suggesting the project could be delayed for months and it could cost many, many tens of millions of euro more. I, I don't have any reason. There's no reason I've learned that 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 is true. Fair enough. And 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 to be fair, you were in Luxembourg yesterday rather than being uh, over the story. Um, just can I ask you about uh, President Michael D. Higgins? And, and I'm not going to ask you if you think he crossed the line because I know no government minister can say that. Uh, but do you accept that Michael D. Higgins criticised government policy in his comments? I think there's a really, I think our presidential system, our constitutional system has served us really well across a whole series of presidents in my lifetime. One of the strengths of that is politicians don't comment on the presidency. And I'm going to have to uh, plea, plea that constitutional position yeah, because I think I'm not asking you to comment on the presidency. I'm asking you, did he criticise, do you accept he criticised government policy? 
I think his, his phraseology was clearly critical of or, or raised concerns that he has, but I'm not going to criticise him for any use of particular language because I think that would only go down the road that we've actually successfully avoided. He's no problem country. by criticising you guys, though. That's, it's a little unfair, isn't it? He, he knows he can have a swipe at you, but you can't say anything because you can't win against the president. That's I'm, the reality, isn't it? I'm not going to comment because I think it, it, it actually serves us better the, the very healthy and good relationship we've had constitutionally between our presidential offices and government offices. It's, it does work. OK. A report in uh, today's paper just before you go, Minister. Again, you, you won't have t- had time to get, uh, to, to get over this, but the, the central bank warning about budget giveaway costs and warning about big tax cuts. I imagine that's probably music to the ears of the, the Green Party. Is it? I don't think you were overly enthusiastic as a party about the, the uh, major tax cuts in, in the upcoming budget. We'll decide the, the, the budget in, in October. My position, I think I set it out at the National Economic Dialogue last week, uh, well, firstly, that we do work well in partnership. We do well listening to other. And what I was listening to the employers and to the unions and to the environmental NGOs and social partners, the first thing they said in the National Economic Dialogue was invest in retrofitting, for, particularly in social housing. But also what I heard the business community and others say and the unions and others say, we do need the state to be bigger, to be able to deliver effective services. Our economy is incredibly successful. It has grown so fast. We've seen a huge increase in employment in the private sector. We do need the capability of the state to deliver. Now, that isn't always about budgets and numbers. It is about being effective and how we use the public money. But I, I, my sense, going back to what I said earlier on about being fast in terms of building things, I think our biggest problem is the long time it takes to build public transport infrastructure, water infrastructure, going back to nature restoration law, um, uh, housing. Uh, it's those, that's what the people want. We want housing and good public infrastructure to be built quickly. And I think the budget, the uh, there was an, uh, an editorial in the Financial Times two weeks ago, which I'm sharing with my cabinet colleagues on a regular basis, says, yes, you have to be careful on debt management. Yes, you have to be careful on inflationary pressures. But what did it say? Patient capital is best p- spent now on climate change and infrastructure, public infrastructure. And I think that applies in Ireland as well as abroad. OK, uh, Eamon Ryan, Green Party leader, Minister for Environment, Climate, Communications and Transport. Thank you for coming into News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.